myself. All right. Well, then look I, at us. I, I just started <laughs> recording. All I'm going to say is the th- this is the only way this could have gone because we're the Lions podcast. Everything is a joke. Everything's stupid. I'm sweating. <laughs> what did you do that finally made it work? <laughs> what? I sold my daughters into white slavery. <laughs> Good. Okay. My okay. daughter is in a is in a cargo transport unit on the way to the Ukraine where she's going to be a, a sex slave. That was it seemed like a a small a small price to pay. You know, actually oh, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna be a sex slave, Ukraine's one of the best places to do that, so they do have good. Uh, I'm 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 truly sweating. <laughs> I think you want United Arab Emirates, actually. Hold That's on, I'm taking you... off my headphones. I gotta take my sweatshirt off. Okay. No, no, don't do that! Don't do that! <laughs> Where are you? Are you outside? First experience of my life. <laughs> Where are are you outside? I'm in my I'm in the sunroom because it's really sunny today. Ah. And, uh, and also my mom's visiting, so my office is, is oh, occupied by her. By your mom. By my mom, who's Mom's in my lion. business. Your mom's a, in my business. She's a big Lions fan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. So you're recording this? Yeah. Oh, God. Just the audio, though, not the video. Okay. Well, why don't we do a proper introduction to this and okay. get this shit rolling? Okay, fine. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Roarholics Anonymous, last episode, probably not ever, although <laughs> it's unclear at this point, but definitely last episode of this pathetic season. So let's just get right to this. Do you have the serenity prayer re- ready to go? Let's, let's hear it. May the ghost of Bobby Lane grant us the serenity to accept the things about being Lions fans we cannot change, the courage to change the things about being Lions fans we can, and the wisdom to know that the Lions will always suck. You know what's hilarious is that... Amen! Give a fucking amen! Come on! Yeah, Jeremy's not even... Dude, you have to work on through the the motions. Yeah. You have to work the steps. So, I have worked the steps, and what's hilarious is that I did achieve serenity up until we tried to do this podcast. Anything related to the Lions including this podcast, is a source of... Uh, oh, nice. Beautiful. It's, uh, Todd just showed us that he has a hole in his shirt under in the armpit. I didn't Beautiful. think I'd be taking off my sweatshirt today. Well, you know... I was nice and serene until we, until we started to try to do this podcast. Now I'm, I, my blood pressure, I can feel we it. Were, we ran into a solid 25 minutes of technical difficulties just logging in. Um, and now everyone's in a foul mood appropriate yeah to sum good. up this three 12 in one season yeah this shit show of a season hey man so they didn't, they didn't lose one third of the time one quarter of the time one quarter <laughs> so right, ted, i want i'm gonna throw it i want to throw it to ted because you were the the impetus behind us doing this final podcast episode to your credit I, I think I mean, it's good that we're doing it because we, we have to wrap it up. You need but, closure. Uh, you what need was closure. your, yeah. So like, like uh, let's just hear what's on your mind. Well, I'll, I'll say thing number one is I miss doing the pod. Yeah. I mean, Am I allowed to be honest about that? Am I allowed to let you into my unsatisfying social life? Of course. <laughs> and just to say that that hour and change a week meant something to me. Yeah. Um. Additionally, I had... 
lingering thoughts about the lions. Yeah. Um, and I have some admissions to make, some confessions mm. to make, according to which I may have watched parts of some of their games, <laughs> including especially last week's game. Um, you watch that shit? Why? Wow. Well, I turned it on because they were up seventeen to three. Right. Yeah. We all know what happened. Right. Yeah. Uh, I had a, a cup. I had a week where I was sort of when I was at my in-laws for brunch and we were watching the Bears game. I was somewhat comically following their game cast in the game against Tampa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. During which some very interesting things happen. I think I may have sent you some some screenshots that I took of my phone at various parts of that game. Oh yeah, you did. Such as at eight thirteen left in the second quarter, when the lion when the <clears throat> Tampa Bay Buccaneers had three hundred and fourteen yards. Right. Which was how many more yards than the Lions had? Would anyone three hundred fourteen? Three hundred twelve. Three hundred twelve. Let's review the total yards per play at that point in the game: ten point one for the Bucks, point two for the Lions. That's a football game that was played that our team was involved in, and fascinating. And I'll get to this later Wait, in the pod. Were the just to clarify, were the Lions fielding American football players or? Was it possibly Australian rules or something else? Well, all I'll say is that according to reports, the team bus that pulled up to Ford Field for the Lions was noticeably short. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's yeah. leave. And there was a little hydraulic platform thing that let right. some of them off. Um, yeah. Astoundingly, that was a game that later on the Lions were within a touchdown of. At that point in the game, it was 21 to nothing. So, I, right. So, okay, but you asked why I wanted to do this. I will say that um, one of the so one of the things I experienced was I, a, a sadness for them as I decoupled myself from them. It, there was something to me so sad about the lions going out there, the actual players with us not caring anymore. I felt bad for them. Mm. I wanted to and, talk, I wanted to mention that. And and by us you mean us three on this podcast. Us three perhaps as representatives of um of other people that had similarly thrown in the towel. Mm. It just yeah, seemed but- to me something so sad about a football player going out on the field playing meaningful football. Right. Well, but what's 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 extra hilarious though and I think this came up once before is that People were still going to those games. Exactly. You know, like, I'm actually shocked that it wasn't just an empty stadium, like literally an empty stadium. You yeah. know, people were still paying a lot of money to watch the team play, which baffles me. Why do that? Why? Yeah, exactly. People still show up that last game, even in a terrible season. So that's which is the part of the problem. It it might actually feel like our fandom meant something if the fans in mass were willing to abandon the team, but that just never happens. And so there's never any pressure on the Ford family to do anything other than the crap it's been doing for 60 years. Though I will mention having watched the game and obviously 
I don't know how many times I've told this story. I turned the game on as they were showing the replay of Prater's, I think, 56-yard field goal that made it 20, 20 to yeah. 3 or 20 to 10 at that point, whatever it was. Uh-huh. The Lions obviously did not score another point while I watched the game. Like, they were... I. I I showed up right as there was kind of like some afterglow of their last points. And then the rest of the game was a perfectly methodical comeback that of course ended both green Bay games ended with a last second winning field goal. One game ended 23, 22, one game ended 23, 20. But I bring this up because you would not have known if you were only had the audio to what they were playing that that was in Detroit. Hmm. That right. was that was a the Green Bay Packer fans had taken over Ford Field. Yeah, and that for was sure. who. I mean, there were definitely a lot of Detroit fans there, but there were enough Pack fans that they were audible cheering on right. the team as they well, were. Well, I want to win. I want to share my experience of watching this game because I Wait, did actually you oh. I did actually watch it. There you go. Um, Thank you. And and this was, you know, everyone knows Dino watches, you know, I'm I'm the faithful guy who watches the Lions. Uh, You know, whether it's good or bad, I'm here for the long haul, okay, guys? But even Dino cut out after Stafford went down, and I think we were down to our 18th string quarterback, was it, Mm -hmm. that I kind of started giving up some hope. But... I found myself on um, a flight, like a perfect like three and a half hour flight or four hours that just was exactly when the game was on and the and it had you know or it had uh, you know little TVs on the screens and I was able to watch the game next to my son next to Ezra, who is twelve and so it just seemed like the only rooting interest we have at this point is for them to lose. They've lost seven in a row, and all they need to do is lose the last game of the season in order to get the third pick in the draft, which eight is, you row. know. They had already lost eight. They'd already lost eight in a row. So we needed to go for nine in a row against one of the best teams in our division in the NFC, the Packers. And so I'm just expecting, great, that's all you have to do, Lions. What you've done eight weeks in a row, all you have to do is lose. And, of course, these motherfuckers build up, like, a 17-point lead in the first half. And how do they do it? Not even just by, like, executing normally. We finally bust out the trick play. Oh, yeah, baby. Where our receiver throws a touchdown to our quarterback. Like, what the hell are you trying to do? Right. You are blowing this. And it was... My son and I were, so we're in, you know, the middle of a Delta flight watching this game, and we are, like, rooting as hard as we have all season for the Lions to lose and rooting against them and pissed off when they're scoring. (laughs) And I apparently, I didn't realize this because we were wearing headphones, but we were so loud that my wife apologized to the people (laughs) we were sitting behind and they said, instead of saying, oh, it's okay, they said that we were the rudest people they had ever sat near on a flight, my son and I. Really? And Is this on the way back from the cruise? Yeah. 
and um, people ever. Wow. Yeah, they said we're the rudest people ever, and I was like, yeah, well, you know what? When you're a Lions fan and your team is about to screw up the only good thing that might come out of this season, which is a top three pick, and then drop to like number six in the draft, like you know, you would be pissed too. And honestly, I I didn't like those people anyway, so I don't care. But um, but that's how we watched, and just the feeling of relief when finally, like by the way, is bad as bad as the Lions are. Green Bay finished the season almost diametrically opposite to us. We're three and twelve and one. They're thirteen and three. I have to say this has to be the worst thirteen and three team I've ever seen. I mean they the Lions were giving them the game and they just couldn't take it. They just they are if they survive their first game of the playoffs, I'll be shocked. Were they but playing think, full force? Like were they actually Yeah, yeah, they they had a lot to play for. They had home seating in the playoffs. They they had to win this game in order for their, yeah. you know, to get home field. No, I know because I think I... they absolutely suck as a division winner, and the Lions suck even worse because they threatened to win this game the whole time and screw them for that. Yeah, yeah. No, I what I was texting with my brother in law when I saw that the score was seventeen and three, and he wrote me back. He's like, "It's a meaningless game." And I looked at the stats, and I was like, Roger's playing. It's clearly yeah, not a meaningful game. A meaningful and then I verified. Yeah. The Pack were playing for, like, it was a meaningful playoff seeding game for them. Like, they oh, really huge. wanted to win. I think they they got a, they got secured a bye with it. Mm-hmm. Yep, they did. And they would have had to play Wild Card Weekend if they yeah, had that's, lost. Yeah, that's huge. They got right. to play and they, at home with a bye week instead of, you know, on the road and uh I mean, or whatever, playing that bye week is is definitely a disadvantage. And so they were going full out. They suck. And, and all the, but the Lions, all they have to do is, like, rest some of our players. And, of course, no, no, no. That's when Patricia's going to pull out all the trick plays and actually try to win this fucker, and which is just another reason to hate him. Well, Yeah, the only thing I could think was... That the pack assumed the Lions wouldn't try. I assume they just thought Maybe. that they wouldn't have to try to win. But, I mean, the let's review. The Lions went 0-2 against the Packers and had the lead for somewhere in the vicinity of, like, 110 minutes of those two games. Right. Can I, can I, just, can I just go through a little march through the season here? Yep, Which sure. I, I know it. some of you guys know this in general, but I, I think I did a little research. <laughs> You'll be shocked. Yeah, to go know. for it. Go for Wait, it. Wait, is there math in this? There's some. There's numbers. I wouldn't say it's math. Is something. Mm, and there's okay. no. All right. There's no guessing well, on your part. But I okay. want. If you go into, if you pull up the the Lions, what week did they play Kansas City? Hmm. It was like Do you week remember what three, week maybe? that was? Three or four, maybe? I'll pull it up. Hold on. We, w- we Just pull up the Lions' schedule. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Give me a second. I know the one status. We had the lead in 14 games. Well, so this is what I'm, I'm going to go through. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start with Kansas City. It was week, week four, by the way. That's week four. Okay, 
The Lions lead 30-27 to 27 until Kansas City scores the winning touchdown with 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Right. The following week, I believe, they play Green Bay. As we know, they lead or are tied the entire game until Green Bay wins the, kicks the winning field goal on the right. last play of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next week, I believe, it's somewhere in there, there's the, the game that they win against the Giants. I can't remember which one. That's week eight, yeah. The Lions have the lead in the first quarter and are tied at halftime. The following week against Oakland, lead in the second quarter, tied with less than five minutes in the fourth. These are all losses, by the way, that I'm going yeah, through. Yeah. Chicago, next week, lead in the second quarter. Dallas, lead in the second quarter. Washington, lead in the fourth quarter, tied with less than two minutes to go. Chicago, lead until two minutes and 17 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The only game they had their ass kicked from start to finish was their second game against Minnesota, in which they were just beating down all the way. Even that Tampa Bay game, as I mentioned, in which they were utterly emasculated, they were within a TD in the fourth quarter. Denver, they had the lead in the fourth quarter. And then the last game of the season, they led for the first three and a half quarters, tied for the last five minutes, winning field goal with no time left. So the Lions end the season losing 12 out of their last 13 games, including their last nine. Mm-hmm. Of those 12 games, ten they have the lead in 10 of them. They have six leads in the fourth quarter, plus a seventh game in which they're tied in the fourth quarter. So the Lions are 3-4-1 when Stafford goes down. Driscoll goes 0-3. Blau goes 0-5. Wait, can I... Can I just cut in for a second? Yeah. Dino, are, are you taking a piss right now? Yeah. I can see you. I can <laughs> yep. see you taking wow. a piss. And you, are a, you? you are a pioneer. I'm yeah. taking a piss all over this season. I don't know what point you were trying to make we there. We can hear Pat. you mute your goddamn mic. You <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm not muting anything. This is Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm going to go take a shit and bring the mic with me. <laughs> just to, you know. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get a colonoscopy. <laughs> I don't know what point you're trying to make, Todd. That well, what, what, so what do you draw from this? We Todd? lost a bunch of well, no, no, no. That... I think there I think there's a point here. What? But what are you driving at? Well, what is this, the point, what is, this the point is the point is is that I'm gonna guess that most teams that go somewhere in the vicinity of three, twelve, and one do not have the lead in 14 of their games. I'm just going to guess that those two things don't go together. And so right. and so and so what that means, I think, is that there's talent on this team, which is not a, a revelation, right? Even I don't after know what it means. I well, mean, well, I think wait, it goes my, back my, to Well, my my theory is that there's enough talent to take the lead in these games and be in these games. If you're, if you're talentless, then you just get blown out. Like that's how the league works. You have talent. You're in the games. To me, it's, it, it really then comes down to the coaching. Like it's still fine. You're up, you you have some talent, maybe not enough, but really so much of that is coaching, being prepared, making the right crucial decisions at the crucial moments. That's when, when that's how you lose those games in the last second, when really you should, if you're up, in the third quarter, you should win. Well, so right. I, I mean, I would I would explain this in a couple ways. One is that, yes, you're right. It obviously suggests that the coaching is not good because on one level, what's happening is that they come out 
they show something, the other team makes an adjustment, and the Lions aren't capable of making an adjustment in response, right? That's yeah. one way to think about what's happened in every one of these games. And so that is, on, on in many different levels, a coaching issue, whether it's the coaches are incapable of, of making a, of thinking on their feet or that somehow the way they've prepared their players is that the players are unable to be flexible in their execution. Another way to think about it, though, and I have this guy that I play basketball with who is, he likes to, I, I mean, I think in his version of heaven, every it's like he's a middle school coach of all the sports and everybody really wants his middle school coaching wisdom, which is is true wisdom in its way, but it's somewhat simplistic. But he likes to say, he says this with a totally straight face. He's like, winning is a habit and losing is a habit. And the Lions are in the habit of losing. And, it, and, and however, what, however you want to explain, well, what does that actually mean? I mean, on some level, it, you know when you're playing a game, like there's some part of you that's like, it's e- either visualizing losing or not. Or, or being aware of that possibility or not. And when you're aware of that possibility, you're going to lose. And the Lions are always know that, like... Wait, Todd? Yeah. Did you just call the Lions uh, losing a possibility? <laughs> well, I'm saying what? when it's like... But it's like when you're up 17 to 3... Yeah, did, and it's did like, I have any doubt they were going to lose that game? Not really. It just pissed the hell out of me that they were even bothering to get a lead. I, I Everyone watching the game knew that Green Bay was going to come back. I mean, this well, I, is... I thought the one reason they might actually win that game was because they were following... A, a greater law, which was they will do the thing they're not supposed to do. I actually thought it would have been right. the perfect ending of the season it if would've. they actually won that game. They're just, yes, it would have, except they're not even talented to do that. I mean, and part of that is just having a quarterback who's not, you know, probably not even a backup yeah. um, in the league. And, and you know, that's fine. But the the let's just focus for a second on with Stafford healthy and the most of the team healthy they went three four and one if so that's the first half of the season if you double that up we go six you know six eight and two which is pretty much right where most of us predicted them to go winning six games or so that that was probably the upper limit for this team then they, you know, Stafford got hurt, and of course, it's not surprising they lost all the the rest of the games. But even if things hadn't gone worse, I think yes, it's not. This team is not like one of the worst teams ever. We saw that in the 0-16 year. This team is just run of the mill, not good. I mean, if you look at the Lions' record over the past like six, seven years, like since. We made the playoffs in 2011, went 11 and five, and since then we had one more year of going like four and 12. But since then we've been somewhere between seven and nine, and nine and seven, and one year of 10 and six. But that's just pretty much where we are, where we've been. And then last year, once Patricia took over, six and ten, and now three, twelve, and and one. And a return so, to form. 
Yes, and so that's, I think, what the main... I mean, look, we could spend more time beating the dead horse that is this season, but I think what's going on in Detroit now is, in case you haven't paid attention, every, you know, the season ended, and the Browns, who have arguably been just as shitty as the Lions for the last decades, immediately fired their um, head coach, Kitchens, after one year, and a disappointing season. They still did better than Lions, but for them, disappointing. And Martha Ford, the Lions' 94-year-old owner, comes out and with with pretty much full support for GM Bob Quinn and our coach Matt Patricia um, that, hey, guys, keep keep doing what you're doing. It's all looking good. And that's the word. No, there were some assistant coaches fired, like, you know, great, pass the buck. But this team went from 9-7 and seven in Caldwell's last year to 6-10 and 10 and now 3-12-1. And, and mind you, Bob Quinn was still the was the GM his first in his first year of being the GM. He kept Caldwell on for that last for that last year and Caldwell went 9 and 7 and then Quinn fired him because he said we are we have better talent than our 9 and 7 record reflects and we should be contending for a Super Bowl or for at least like a division wins. And since that time where he fired Caldwell for underachieving, though we, you know, the results are six and 10 and three, 12 and one. So that's where this current regime is. And there's absolutely, I don't know how you justify it. I don't know how Martha Ford justifies that. I don't know how Bob Quinn looks himself in the mirror and, and says, Yep, it's, you know, like, I'm, that makes sense. Like, by his own logic, he should be resigning. And yet, none of that, that won't Oh, no. That did, no. Spoiler, that did not happen. Instead, he held his end-of-the-year press conference, and amongst other things, first, you know, as uh, Jer pointed out to me earlier, he started by, like, very heartfelt, uh, in a heartfelt manner, thanking Martha Ford and the Forum family because they've grown so close and they've really come together. Which, to which I say, you know, this just typical Lions organization bullshit of kiss the Ford family's ass and you can hang around for a couple more years just losing because at least you're loyal and that's really all they want. They don't want anyone coming in. And ripping them apart and and telling them they have to do things differently. Like this is, as long as you're as long as you're nice and you're like Matt Millen was, you can you can drive the team into the ditch, no matter how that deep that ditch goes. For as long as you want, essentially, um, as long as you keep kiss, kissing their ass, and that's what we're seeing. You know, mm-hmm. would you guys rather have had this season? Or whatever season a healthy Stafford would have given us, which um, I'd rather I'm going to guess I'd, would have been. I'd rather have seven, this season. seven, eight, have, and one. Oh, I'd, really? I'd, I'm, I'm rather have this season for a couple reasons. Uh, number one, it made it much easier to stop caring earlier on, and so I could just sort of shove the lions out of my life 
without really thinking about it, and we'll get a much better draft pick. So I think those, you know, those are two pretty good reasons. Because uh, it's not like we were going to make the playoffs or or have a good season anyway. What's the point? Dino, what about you? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I would like nor if it was a normal team. I guess I would like to have the draft pick the high draft pick, but I just feel like we're going to screw this up. And I just want to, I want to take a minute because I'm not really over this Bob Quinn GM thing. Clearly you've talked about it every week for the whole fucking season. Yeah. And, you talk and, about the Fords and Bob Quinn so regularly. Well, he's go, he's man, the, let it out. This is the, he's the freaking man in charge. And he, and his press conference said, you know, we have a lot to build on um, and, and a bunch of bullshit things like that. Like we have a foundation and we we saw obviously we're not getting the job done. But, you know, there's a lot of things we like, too, which is just terrible. Like there's no excuse. And I want to I just want to focus on we did talk sort of run through this um, in a previous pod. But I think it's worth emphasizing. This isn't like it's not as if Bob Quinn just arrived. He's been there since 2000 been with the Lions since 2016, and this past offseason, he made a lot of moves, okay? I mean, he this was like his big chance to put his stamp on the team. The Lions had a lot of money to play with, and here's what he did. He signed Damian, Danny Amendola to a one-year contract, $4.5 million. Arguably, that, was, that wasn't bad. That, that, that was okay. Um, cornerback Justin Coleman, four years, thirty-six million. Uh, Trey Flowers, defensive end, five years, ninety million. Um, safety Andrew Adams, one-year deal. Cornerback Rashad Melvin, one-year deal, three and a half million. And onward and onward. Um, and then it, also some offensive guys as well. Tight end Jesse James, four years, twenty-five million. None of those. I mean, that's a lot of money spent on defense. That was one of the worst in recent memory. I mean, this is just a complete fail on his part. This was an unmitigated failure, and there's no accountability. There's an. I'm looking at a Sports Illustrated online, and there's an article titled Bob Quinn's Comments That Should Make Fans Concerned. I like the word concerned hey, there. D- can I interrupt for just a sec? Yeah. A technical thing? Yeah. Dan, do you hear Jeremy's audio really low? Or does this not matter and it's something you can clean up when you go through it, Jer? You can't hear me very You're well? just way quieter than Dan. I actually hear him fine. Okay. I can hear him. He's just way quieter. Well, Dino is also very loud. Like, you're sort of peaking. Um, okay. I can turn up my... Uh, I don't know if that matters if if you can adjust the level um, somehow. I don't. Do yeah, I don't. Well, I don't I'm think pissed. That's, that's why I'm loud. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that's going to matter ultimately. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Yeah, Continue. no, that's fine. Um, yeah, there's just this little, uh, you know, article Bob Quinn's comments that should make fans concerned, and it's basically about uh, that Quinn during Quinn's opening statement, he said, "Bottom line for our season, and I'm going to say this word a lot: we didn't finish." The word, the word being finish, 
And he added, and I'll just I'll read from the article. I know Matt Patricia has said it a couple times. I'm going to say it over and over again this whole offseason because when I look at everything and we're just in the beginning stages of evaluating the season as a whole, it was just a season we didn't finish. We were in all the games. You guys know all the stats about how many times we were leading and how many games we were in and all that. But at the end of the day, we didn't win enough. And that's the bottom line. So as then the the article points out, it says, it's been pointed out on numerous occasions that the majority of games in the NFL are close games. The talent gap between most teams is razor thin. Playing in close games is not a badge of honor. I think that's basically true, obviously. Uh, so, um, I don't know. Do, does this lead us to any real conclusions? I'm not sure. I mean... They're really bad. I mean, it is ama- it, it'd be one thing if, if all that happened this season was Stafford went down and, and the offense just totally stopped producing. But obviously, Stafford's not a defensive player. The Lions, I'm looking at it right now, they were second to worst in yards allowed per game at 400 yards with the Cardinals being at 402. So... They were worse than Miami. They were worse than Cincinnati. They were worse than the Redskins. They were just horrible. Yeah, the defense really, really sucked. And, uh, right, and again, the whole idea about getting Patricia is that he's some kind of defensive wizard. And they were the worst in passing. You passed Yards per game. They gave up the most passing yards per game. Well, yeah, and I I mean – not to yeah. keep harping on it, but why are we like this? And I, I think you do have to go you have to go back to the free agents and the draft picks that Bob Quinn has made. So starting in and like let's t- talk about this horrible defense. Okay, so he in 2017 took Jared Davis with the first pick um, who tw- uh, 21st overall linebacker. Jared Davis has now started, or he, some games he didn't start. He was ranked according to like Pro Football, one of the like real uh, stat head places, as the worst, uh, the worst linebacker in the NFL this year. Davis, so that's our yes, nice. I mean, should that be surprising that he's the starter on one of the worst defenses? So he has just been terrible. The number two pick was Tease Tabor, who is no longer with the team. I don't know if he's in the league anymore. He's a cornerback drafted out of Florida. Not has, you know, is not even an NFL player. Um, Wait, what is his name? Jalen. How do you spell Tease Tabor? What is Tease? How do you spell it? T. As in tackle, which he doesn't yeah. do, E E Z Tabor, um, cornerback. So uh, Galladay drafted in the third round, good wide receiver. That's that's been pretty good so far. Then Jalen Reeves Mabin, another linebacker who you know has basically sucked. Um, it, and not okay. So that's that year we drafted defense, um, and then. 2018, um, our first two picks were offense, actually, but then we draft Tracy Walker as a safety, um, you know, out of, and then this year 
we have the number eight pick and he takes TJ Hawkinson, which looked amazing in the first game right. because he he gained uh, like 130 yards with a touchdown or two touchdowns. His season totals, 32 receptions, 367 yards, two TDs. Yeah, That's what happened it. to that guy? Is he, he got just injured. Mad? Yeah. He, he just kind of didn't, you know, whatever happened and then... And then the next two picks, Jelani Tivai, linebacker he plays in the second bit. round. Yeah, he did, and he sucked. Will Harris, safety, Austin Bryant, defensive end. Like, this just isn't working. I mean, these are draft pick after draft pick on the defense. I mean, I'm only focusing on defense because arguably the offense was, wasn't the biggest problem. Um, but the def- how do you – I mean, it's just – Bust after bust after bust on defense, and that's am where I, we are. Am I misremembering or coming into this season, wasn't there some chatter about how the Lions' defense, at least the secondary, was supposed to actually be a strength? Like, and, and even the linebacking core? Like, I remember at least some people talking about that. And if obviously it turned out to be totally wrong. Well, that's because but, they, but because of the free agents they spent money on, signing Snacks Harrison to you know uh, making that trade getting him trey flowers the other things and and it just didn't work i mean in that i it's whether it's coaching whether it's gm it's just you know this is just this is this team is not just some team that's rebuilding like to the greater point that todd was making that okay and what everyone's talking about is they were close in a lot of these games they had the lead in 14 games that might if this was like the cleveland browns or some team or let's say the jets some team that's in clear rebuild mode with a young quarterback who's just learning the game and getting better in the NFL, then maybe, and a lot of other young players, then maybe that means something. Maybe that means stick with it. They're getting better. Follow the pattern. They'll get better over time. That's not the case with this team. This team has uh, you know, started the year with a quarterback going into his 10th or 11th season with um, you know, a bunch of offensive weapons with uh, you know, some... Uh, veteran defenders anchoring uh, anchoring the defense, and it just didn't work. As we said, even with Stafford healthy in the first half of the season, it didn't work. Close is not good enough, and this team is, is not. And so that takes us, me at least, to the next part of this, which is we're not... This should be a, a teardown and just complete rebuild job, in my opinion. That's what the Lions should be doing, which means one thing. And I hate to say it, but it's trade Stafford, draft Tua Tagvalua, and and start over. Because this team is not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm down with that. Who's Tagvalua? Seriously? <laughs> Yeah, I've no is he the LSU guy? No, motherfucker, he's the Alabama quarterback. How how quickly he got injured. But the guy is before that, let me just Okay, his stock has taken a hit. He's 21 years old. He's uh let's just look at his stats before he went down this this year. 
The guy was playing out of his head. Then he got injured, and everyone's a little down on him now. But I would just ride with this motherfucker. So, okay, these are his stats. He started the last two years. 2018, he completes... Sorry. 2019, he completes 69% of his passes, throws for... 3,966 yards, 43 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, okay? This year, throwing 252 passes, he completes 71.5% for 2,800 yards. And that's only in, I don't know how many games, but he got injured. 33 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. This this is a fucking baller, and he's going to be there at number 3. And I don't understand why we don't start. I know they're not going to. They're going to take a safety or some bullshit like that as if this is a team that just needs, you know, a, a little bit of help here and a little bit of help there, and then we're going to get better. I'm sorry. That's not the case. This is a teardown job if ever I saw one, and that it this is 100% in my mind what we should be doing. Yeah, not going to. But clearly, that's not going to happen, right? That's no. just not going to happen. Um, he, but how, how? And how much does Stafford have left on his contract? I think um, it's roughly a billion dollars. <laughs> I don't know. Or a hundred more years. Um, yeah. He, let's see. I believe he's locked up for at least the next two years. Um, yeah, actually, he is. Okay, 2020, he's uh, set to make, it looks like 20, at least his cap number is 26,700. 2021, 31,000. 2022, 24,000. I think he's getting paid more than (laughs) 24,000. Uh, That'd be amazing yeah. if that was all he was making. Oh, I'm sorry, 24 million. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think 24 that's 24. Million. He's making Let's 24 thousand just... per quarter. He yeah. accidentally per, per signed minute. with Starbucks. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> the guy is, yeah, he's making a lot. And look, I anyone who's been paying attention, I love Stafford. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a solid quarterback. I would love to see him go somewhere else with his broken backbones and be able to play for like a decent team that has a shot that needs a, like a solid quarterback to take them. But we, that's not who we are. This guy will play out his last years in Detroit, getting the shit beat out of him for below average teams. And that's the future we're looking at for the next few years. Instead of drafting a quarterback like, uh, Tua, who might we don't know, no one's sure, but might be fucking great. Some yeah. scouts think this guy is by far the best talent, and the guy who's going first, Burroughs, not a sure thing, even though he's been lighting it up in college. I think you gotta go for home runs. You've got there's all this bullshit of just, well, let's draft a safety here, let's draft an offensive lineman. Like, no. Get start from scratch, quarterback, offensive line, and then let's you know let's get rid of that massive Stafford salary and just get a bunch of guys who can play. 
I'm totally down for this. I, you know, I've been on the record a little bit, mostly joking, but but not totally that, you know, Stafford is, I mean, listen, we were still in most of these games, even with our backup guys. I don't know exactly what that means. It doesn't mean that they're just as good as Stafford, obviously, or that he's not good. But he's certainly not good enough to do anything more than he's already done with the Lions. Like, he has good individual seasons, good stats. It doesn't translate into winning seasons or playoff wins. I mean, he hasn't had a, he hasn't won a single playoff game, right? We all know this. And he has that crazy bad record against the the better teams in the league. Whatever that stuff means, um, yeah, why not? Take a chance on some on someone else, especially if you get one of the very best prospects for, for a bunch of reasons. Number one, it's just exciting. It's cool. You know, going into the new season, it gives you something to get excited about, right? Worst case scenario, the guy's a bust and we have another shitty season and you run it back and, you know, take another high, high draft pick. But there's some chance you get the next Pat Mahomes, you know? I mean, it's unlikely, but there's only one way to find out, right? And you don't get the top three pick all the time. Like, this is actually the highest the Lions have drafted, believe it or not, in like 10 years. We haven't actually had, you know, we've had top 10 picks, but not top three picks. You don't get this all the time. And when you do, quarterback is by is by so by far the most important position that it's astonishing that they're not even seem to be considering it and that but it goes to the same thing the lions the ford family is just loyal in all of the worst ways they are loyal to mediocrity and below average and because stafford has been nice to them and wants to stay in detroit they will i think they'll you know they'll sign him until he's 40 um they because they don't care they're not demanding. You know what their demand the the um what Quinn said that the goal for next year is to contend for a playoff spot. Right. Nice. Right. Nice. You know what that means? What is contending for a playoff spot? 7 and 9. Right. right. That's that's contending their goal. for a playoff spot. So that's but what you have you, to look for. But don't you think I mean, do you honestly think there's any world in which this team ever gets better? Like, do you honestly think if they get rid of... Like, I feel like you bring in this Alabama guy, and in two years we're talking about, of course he completed 70% of his passes because he played on a team in college that was filled with guys that were going to play in the NFL. Right? Like, I would not feel confident about a guy from Alabama, even if people think he's amazing because he's surrounded by NFL players on his team. Right. So, well, but don't you think I mean, don't you? But uh, that's not even the point. The point is, don't you think that there really is not a world in which the Lions ever get better? Like, I just don't see it. I don't see any route making this team better. But if there is a route, I first of all, I, I agree with you. I certainly have no real hope for that. But if there is a route, it starts with a bit of luck in drafting the next awesome quarterback. Like there's no you, you, you there's no way to get better without that happening. But and can we you, agree? Can we agree two things? Stafford is above average. They spend a lot of money on defense, and they still sucked. Right? Uh, like what? What makes this team good? Okay. Okay. I I agree with that. 
but Stafford is only above average. He's not great. And it does seem to me that one of the biggest, yes, there are some teams like Minnesota that have good records without great quarterback play, but that's harder and harder to do these days. Um, Almost all of, and New England managed to do it also this year, but almost all of the elite, elite teams look at New Orleans this year, look at Kansas City, have elite quarterback play. Without it, you are, you know, that it's extremely hard to win. And I think we can all agree, even myself, and I'm probably the biggest Stafford fan, he's just not great. He's not elite. He's good. But that's the point is if he's only good, why are we paying him so much and building around him? Like, let's go for let's. And I agree with you, Todd. I do. I think there is. A, I don't believe the Lions will get better. I think they'll probably get worse. And it's and and until and unless the Ford family sells the team. But it's not just because the Fords are cursed or anything. It's because of the way they operate, and it's always with this sort of half-assed approach that's very comfortable with mediocrity and as long as we get to into the playoffs once uh, or you know every couple decades like that seems to be enough for them and they don't ever go for the big they don't swing for the fences they just play it safe and and are always accommodating towards you know average and if we have a good quarterback who's not great then oh my god we should be we should feel so blessed whereas a lot of teams look i honestly this is you know going to sound nasty but i think it's actually statistically true that stafford is fairly akin in his career to um who is Cincinnati, uh to the cincinnati quarterback dalton that's andy dalton yeah to andy dalton they actually, I'm not, I think Stafford's more talented, but they're pretty much the same. And Cincinnati can't wait to draft another quarterback. And the Lions, you know, meanwhile, are gung-ho for Stafford. I mean, listen, part of it is I think we all remember the days when the Lions cycled through quarterbacks, you know, all going all the way back to Chuck Long, Andre Ware, Joey Harrington. You know, those were some dark times. And all of those guys were highly touted coming out of college. And I remember, I think I was, you know, a teenager during a lot of that. And just like the excitement when Chuck Long came in, and he was a really big deal at the time. And I believe his first pass was like a big time bomb down the right sideline for a touchdown. And that was like the last good play he ever had. And then same with Andre Ware. He came out of Houston out of like that run and shoot offense they ran. and, And he was a bust. And like... So I again, I totally support the idea of moving on from Stafford for everyone's sake. Stafford deserves a better shot in his, you know, he's at the end of his prime. Uh, he's not taking the Lions anywhere new. And this very well might mean drafting guys who are total busts. And then we just have a bunch of really horrible seasons in a row. But maybe that's OK. And maybe ultimately it's better than what we've seen over the last Five or six years. I don't know. Well, I, really... I, I, I just want to say one thing. 
and I we don't need to talk about Stafford a lot more. But Dino just said that he essentially sees no difference between Dalton and Stafford. Andy Dalton finished the season 28th out of 30th in QBR. In rating, he finished 32nd out of 32. And Matt Stafford was 5th and 6th, respectively. So, I don't think that's fair to Matty. It's just not fair. I, I agree, in the sense that this year... He was having a fucking uh, great This year, year, Stafford was playing well. I 100% agree. However, throughout the course of their careers... That's possible. They're both about the same age. Um, Stafford's made the playoffs three times. Dalton's made the playoffs four times. None of them have... Neither has won a playoff game. Their QBR is usually in the, you know, somewhere between 90, around hovering around that 90 mark. Um, neither is at that top level. I Look, Stafford's better than Dalton, I, I but not, but he's closer to Dalton than he is to Mahomes. Yes. Wow. Wow. And, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, all that matters are the results, right? Like where, where the QB takes the team. It's not... It, it's never about the individual stats or where they fit. It is if you're Pat Statford. <laughs> well, well, there you go. I mean, no, no, it's true. I, it's true. And it's, it's just, like, uh, but, but going, going back to the, you know, to the Fords, I mean, I guess it's, you know, obviously until you've been the owner of a football team, it's impossible to really know the ins and outs and like how much difference that makes. But it's got to make some difference. And by the way, I was telling Dino this before we started recording. That uh, this weekend, or not this weekend, the other day I saw the movie um, Ford versus Ferrari mm-hmm. about that takes place in the mid 60s when Ford sort of went balls out to try to beat Ferrari in this famous uh, race, this 24 hour race in yeah, France. Yeah. I'm familiar. And, and it's a really good movie, by the way. And it's all about, though, that the Ford company, they're kind of the villains in the movie. And the whole premise is that. They're like this stodgy old company, and it and the main guy is Henry Ford II, um, and like he gets it in his mind, like yeah, we want to take on Ferrari, but the whole battle is, are they going to be able to get past essentially their their uh, allegiance to mediocrity and just yep. doing the same old thing and and actually take some real chances and build a race car you know, do things in an unorthodox way and really build a race car that's built to win instead of doing the same old thing with like the levels of of committees and corporate bullshit and all this stuff. And they finally do. Like to Ford the Second's credit, he finally but all the way through, that's kind of the tension in the movie. And like it's kind of germane here, you know? Like I like and the, by the way I like the notion that it's that um that we can read Ford versus Ferrari as an allegory of the Lions' ownership. Yeah, that that's actually what it's about. Well, <laughs> actually, but on it, but to hey, take Dino, it a, Dino, Dino, turn it. Can you turn down your volume a bit? No, I can't. I could get louder though, if that's what you need. You're Sorry, distorting, I'll, dog. I'll try, man. I'll try. Um, okay, so to take that even a step further, I was listening to a podcast that. Uh, took us through uh, goes through the history of Ford versus GM and Chrysler 
And obviously, everyone knows Henry Ford, the the original, created the Model T, the Ford company, which was innovative, not because it was a great car, but because he was able to make it cheaper and mass produce it because of the assembly line, right? However, what people don't really tell the rest of the story is that soon after in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, the GM and Chrysler, but especially GM, started making far better cars and kicking Ford's ass. And meanwhile, Ford just kept churning out the same Model T and only in like black, like the other cars were getting like really fancy with the tails and the cool looking stuff. And Ford just kept sticking to the same thing. Even then, it wasn't until like the 40s that they finally got someone else in there who started like turning things around. But this is actually goes really deep um, into like the history of how the family does business and the way they've they've run things. Um, and I do think it's actually probably a, a decent allegory. This is, you know, really what the Ford Fords are is one guy, a huge dick of an anti-Semite, you know, a hundred and whatever years ago, who came up with essentially one awesome idea, the assembly line, and, you know, used that to gain huge market share. And ever since then, pretty much you know, a string of just mediocrity and holding on. Yeah. By the way, I think, I think it was in the thirties that Ford actually did innovate. I think he came up with a car called a Jew Mauler and it was uh, a car designed. <laughs> if you spotted a Jew on the road, it would sort of zero in and like speed up to try to, to try to run over the Jews. And it was higher rated than the Edsel, by the way. It was so higher. That was good. And it was higher rated than Matt Stafford. <laughs> right had a better qbr wow well i can, can actually I, can i just yeah go ahead yeah can i just do a musical interlude oh yeah what the hell yeah, you guys it. know this you guys can join in whenever you want all right we don't need no playoff football <laughs> We don't need no ball control. No Matthew Stafford in the pocket. Lions lose nine in a row. Hey, Lions lose nine in a row. All in all, it's just a, another season yeah, from hell. Ding, ding. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, all in all, oh, it's oh, just, it's a, just a, another, another season, season from, from hell. hell. Uh-oh. I know it's about to happen. Okay. Ready for And ready then the for end I of the song. <laughs> Remember the end of the song where there's the talking screaming? Matt, lose again. Matt, lose again. If you don't win at home, you can't make the playoffs. How can you make the playoffs if you don't win at home? <laughs> All right. Welcome to hour two of the podcast. We're yes. about to go on a musical odyssey here. Amen. Uh, 
I want to actually just dip right back into, I'm going full stat nerd on this, but I was the one who had the audacity to bring up the Andy Dalton, Matt Stafford comparison. And I just want to take you, I actually want to bolster that a little bit. Both uh, are 32 years old. Um, Dalton's played, I think, one year less than Stafford, but still, okay, these, after eight or nine years in the league, these are their comparative, um, I don't want to get to, yeah, okay, quarterback ratings, Andy Dalton, um, 87 and a half, Matt Stafford, 89.3. Um, this is career. Yard- this is career? career. Yes, this is career. Um, yards per attempt. Andy Dalton, seven, career yards per attempt, seven point one. Matt Stafford, um, seven point two. Okay, completion percentage. Matt Stafford, sixty-two point five. Dalton, sixty-two. Um. I could go on, but I think that gets the basic point across. Um, by the way, records, all-time records, Stafford is 69 and 79 and 1. Um, Dalton is 70, 61 and 2. That, I'm not saying that means I still think Stafford's better, but the stats bear it out. It's just not by enough to pay the guy for the rest of his life and and act as if we have, you know, a Tom Brady who's won a Super Bowls or, I mean, Drew Brees is really a better example. This guy is like 40 years old playing his ass off. Like, we've got a guy who, by the way, is like seriously injured. I mean, breaking, I think Todd was, you know, like he fucking broke bones in his back. That's like... That's a big deal for a guy who's getting older. Is this the and that Matthew, doesn't bode well. Is this the Matthew Stafford theme song? I'm going home. You know I want to go home. I hate the playoffs. Well, I go out and compete, but I totally suck shit because I'm Stafford. Keep me grooving. Stafford. <laughs> I get well, paid. That is. <laughs> I saw the uh, a horrible. Are you still going? I, I couldn't really think of any any other oh, okay. for that. But well, we could I just saw, do all of who's next. Well, um, <laughs> I line. saw a horrible movie on Netflix. It's um like a movie version of the musical about the Four Seasons. So you know the with Frankie Valli, and so I've had these songs stuck in my head. Go and so and so without further ado. <laughs> Matty Stafford. Maddie Stafford. Maddie can't win a playoff game. Can't win a playoff game. Maddie Stafford. Maddie Stafford. Not much different than Andy Dalton's career. Not much different than Andy Dalton's career. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like yep. that. I like that. Yeah. Wow. That's a good song. Wow. Yeah. Um, you well, know. Unfortunately, I think that that does kind of, that does sum it up. And yet I'm just, we're heading into an off season where it's, I, I, you know, it's already a given. Why? Because the Lions have, uh, the Ford family has held on to, uh, you know, the GM and the head coach. 
with the expectation that they're going to improve next year. And what does improvement look like? Well, it means winning maybe seven games if Stafford stays healthy. And that's what they're locking themselves into rather than saying, no, 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 I don't want to improve next year. I want to compete for the Super Bowl in three or four years. Wait, Ted, are you okay? I'm just laying laying down. You don't need to see me. You don't need to see me. That doesn't help anybody. I just want to let our listener know that both – both Dino and Ted are now laying in bed. I got nowhere to yeah. be. I got nowhere to. Got too cold to be in the sunroom. Yeah, well, I agree. Well, Dino's I'm here been in bed. Dino's been in bed this whole time, except when he took a piss. And yeah. Ted went from sitting in his sunroom to now lying on the floor. I'm in, no, I'm well, in my bed in my bedroom. Okay, well, I actually. I did poop in my pants at one point as well. I took a, I urinated as well, but I had the good sense to mute my microphone. Well, I'm wearing an adult diaper, so I just, you know. I'm on a nine-day fast. <laughs> I, I actually wear the same brand of adult diaper that Martha Ford does, so they are lions. Uh, are you guys they aware? They do sell those with she the was lion born in 19, ni- She was born in 1925. Hell yeah! <laughs> so she she still she still thinks that like Red Grange is the best player in the NFL. Red Grange, she's she, my favorite. She tried to she tried to draft Jim Thorpe last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's how old she is. I don't think she she's not aware. She's not yet aware that the NFL has been integrated. <laughs> what if they just change? It's for, it goes from Ford Field to adult undergarment. F- depends under debunk field. That's just what they call it. That would be cool. I would. I would like if the Lions like they should sell Lions emblemed depends. I, I do like, like that. I like that idea a lot. By the way, if you guys, when's the last time you got a good look at Martha Ford? I'm looking at some pictures of her right you now. You don't want to look at her. I mean. Okay, granted, she's, you know, 94, and people that get that old just look kind of crazy, but this is a, she looks like kind of like a, like a demon lady. She has that kind of, like a rich, rich old demon lady. Well, I feel like that those three words, or four words, need to be put to music. Can we, can I hear it? Honestly, I got to demon lady. for For someone who's 94, I think she's pretty hot. I think she's actually in her younger in her well. in her younger years, I'm looking at pictures of her as a younger lady. She was a she was a nice looking lady. Can we, Jer, when you title yeah. this episode, can you <laughs> please title it? "Quote: I think for someone who's 94 years old, she's pretty hot." End quote. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> hyphen Dino. <laughs> can that just be your like email signature? <laughs> sure. If we could get that on a T-shirt. <laughs> Martha yeah. Clay, the hottest 94-year-old football owner you'll see this side of the AFC. <laughs> what about Is Jer- it weird, by the way, that Martha Ford came... She was a... Uh, her uh, maiden name was Firestone. So she yeah. came from automotive royalty as well. Oh, yeah. And so it's almost like this marriage was just, you know, like... The marriage of the scions of two automotive empires that was maybe more a matter of just, you know, like keeping the land and the family. Yes, exactly. It was a power move. It was a power marriage. 
Yeah, in some ways, and it I, I don't know where you want to take that, but I know where I want to take that, it. I'll take that. Weird. I'll take it. Go. Take here's it. The, here's here's the story. Yes, this was an arranged marriage between between the Ford power brokers to uh, between Firestone and Ford to consolidate their empires, but it was a loveless marriage because of that. It's like when- all along and all along. So Martha Ford has had this loveless life, and she's taking it out on all of us. And you, by, it's going to be like destroying when Matt Stafford's son marries Andy Dalton's daughter <laughs> with the sole purpose of creating the most mediocre quarterback of all time. Yeah. I think that's a, nice. a strawberry blonde pasty guy with a great arm who will win 48% of his games and never win in the playoffs. Hey. Also, by the way, like... I recently saw just a photo of Matt Stafford, you know, like randomly online or whatever. He has one. Of, it's This is not his fault for sure. But he, he has one of those faces that's just kind of like a round face. You know what I mean? And like he just and you look at a picture of Tom Brady. The guy looks like a fucking supermodel, you know, just like he, even though he's like 42 years old, he still looks incredible, like great shape. He just looks like a hero. And you look at Matt Stafford, he's always like unshaven. Just look, he just doesn't look like a like a top athlete. The best description you know? I ever had of his appearance was that he looks like a teenage drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got I mean if you just That's google and pull up the images, yeah, like he's awesome. In some of them he looks kind of cool like at his absolute best, but in a lot of them, yeah, he kind of like has a hat on backwards. It's just like, eh. guys, are you you know? Here's something that for us to worry about for next year. Yeah, the Lions ran the ball pretty well the last few games of the season. Mm. <sighs> um, what if they have a really good offense next year? What if Stafford comes back and has a good running game? What are you going to do then? What are you going to? Here's the thing I actually want to bring up. We're all patting ourselves on the back, except me. For for divorcing the team, but it was it's 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 empty stats for us because they were fucking horrible. And if they were yeah, good, we would have kept know. watching them. Oh, I said during the first half of the season that it was wildly entertaining. The first half of the season, when when uh, Stafford was still playing, the games were like truly exciting. I mean, they they weren't a great team, but the games were close and exciting, and we had a, like a pretty high-powered offense at times. So, yeah, I would – I'm not pretending that I would have, you know, walked away from uh, a Stafford-led season. Look, I love Stafford. I love his big arm. I love watching him make big plays. But does that mean he's great? No. And so what is the future hold? Here's my prediction. The Lions keep, keep together um, – the ownership keeps together the current regime. They go 7-9 and nine next year they improve or maybe even eight and eight at the absolute utmost if Stafford stays healthy which means they succeeded in contending for a playoff spot they either reward Quinn by re-upping his contract keep or they fire him but regardless the end result is we miss our chance at a number three pick to draft an elite quarterback and who knows when we get the next chance. Okay. Can we, let's abruptly change the topic. Danny, you wanted to talk about snacks and his, uh, and his emotional uh, video viral video clip. Yeah. So 
uh, uh, Snacks Harrison, Lions defensive lineman who we traded for last season, got him from the Giants um, as a, quote, run stuffer. Um, he is 31 years old. Six foot three and weighs at least his listed weight is three fifty one. I'm gonna put it closer to three eighty five. I think. Wow. Perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. It's a lot of weight to carry. It's a around. lot of snacks. It's a lot of snacks. <laughs> Does he? Um, is there a chance that he misunderstands the difference between snack and meal? Yeah. And that he's eating like eight meals a day, and he calls during the snacks. games. He's Plus. like, I had, what'd you do this afternoon? I had a snack. What was the snack? Uh, it was a side of ribs, a kilo of mashed potatoes, and a bucket of coleslaw. That's not a snack. That's a meal. Well, you should ask, you should see what my meals are then. Um, but His meals are like snacks. <laughs> so the point of bringing him up is that after the Lions' last game, last loss of the season, uh, and Snacks's first full season with the Lions. Um, he, in his last uh, interview with reporters in the locker room, he cr- he broke into tears yeah. and said... After I've being given- informed that they weren't making the playoffs. <laughs> what? Right. <laughs> he said, I've given everything I could give... Nobody's more disappointed about the season and my performance than I'm I am. I am hard on myself. I've given everything to every team I've played for. I've got a lot of thinking to do this off season. I'm going to seek some different options and try to figure it out. But if I can't be that guy that I want to be, that I know I can be, then I've got to hang it up because everybody deserves better. Yeah. It- yeah, what do we... I mean... Did you look at the comments to that article? There were uh, some classics. Yeah. There. Uh, what's your gut reaction, just first reaction to hearing him say that? Um, Gut reaction. Oh, my gut reaction was just like another player beaten down by the Lions machine. You know? Um, Todd, yeah, I, I mean, I was I felt bad, but I didn't know if I felt more bad about his emotional state or the fact that he seemed surprised by any of this. That was I, I kind of felt bad for him. I just seemed kind of delusional that he thought that this was going any other way. It's it's yeah. there's nothing sad. My initial reaction is there's nothing more sad than a grown man who was a good professional football player not realizing what he's right. in the midst of yeah for sure like not realizing like i right. play for the lions nothing this wasn't a bad season this was just the lions and i am breaking into tears because i've never been on a team this bad but dude just get paid and and move on. It's not getting better, dude. And it's not your fault, Snacks. Snacks, none of this is you. We've been through this with Robert Porsche, with the Damacon Sue, with Bubba Baker, with lots of, you know, good defensive players, and it doesn't matter, dude. 
like it's not worth your tears. I mean, it's touching, yeah. like that you care. Even after a full season with the Lions, you still care this much. But I, I just for your own good, I can't bear to see this as a fan. Like we don't want you to feel this bad. It's it's the only person who should be crying are the Fords and you know, and maybe Quinn and the leadership. But like you're just a pawn in this sixty year, you know, shit show. So don't. Don't blame yourself, brother. We, but you know what? we got your back. The thing is, I mean, you want players who care that much, right? Like, that's a good thing, ostensibly. It, it like, is. You want players that just really, really care and give a damn and, you know, that this really yes. matters to them. So that's, you know, on the other hand, I was like, well, wow, good. Like, yeah, this. Yeah. I you don't think Barry me. Sanders, you didn't think Calvin Je- Calvin Johnson gave a damn? They no, did. That's why they're retired early. It's any player that cares this much cannot stay on the Lions this long because it just yeah. doesn't – you have to give up. As well, a listen. fan, you have to sort of surrender. As a player, you have to, as Todd said, get in the habit of losing. If you don't, it's just pure hell. Here's a, here's a comment, Todd. You mentioned that there were some good comments. Um, again, on Sports Illustrated, there's a you know thing about Snacks and his tearful uh, press conference. And one of the comments is just a simple but true, all good players don't love football after playing for Detroit. Yep. Hard to argue with that one. <laughs> That's all it says. The, 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 one, the comment that I like the most that I actually, in retrospect, feel like should have been the name for our podcast, it just was a one-word, lionized yeah, and that, it all. that's it, man. He was lionized. It's just, it happens to everybody. It happens to everybody. I think part of his tearfulness was also him realizing that he's not going to be able to play much longer and that his body just right, let right. because he weighs over one ton. Right. 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 Like be, when pl- that yeah, right. Like when players come to that moment when they, they realize their body just can't do it anymore or whatever. Maybe. But, but you got to think it was also, we know it was also a big dose of just like, being on the Lions for a full fucking year it'll, and going through this misery. It'll break a man. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's let's, let's wrap this up. Bring, let's, let's wrap, wrap this up. up. We got a lot of thoughts. we got a lot of static. A lot of static here. Todd, are you somebody? What are you doing, Todd? Are you wiping your ass? I was finally? playing with my cat. Oh, it's very loud. It's loud. Yeah, there's a lot of static. Something's very staticky going on. Okay. Move the mic. Is this any better? No. No. Uh, hold on. I'm gonna move. I'm not sure it's Todd's fault. No. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Someone else. All right. You know, let's just, let's just power Is this through any the static. And, All the same. No, don't worry about it. Let's just power through the static and end this thing. Okay. Final thoughts on the season. Um, let's, let's kick it to Jeremy. Final thoughts. Wrap this thing in a, a nice bow tie of shit for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll just, I guess I'll start with the obvious. This is a really shitty season. And I'll just repeat something I said before. The saving grace of it for me was that it and it was over very quickly. And I was able to, I think uh, about halfway through the season, I was able to pretty much totally disengage except for this podcast. But then we even stopped doing the podcast. So I had a good four or five weeks of serenity, just like our serenity prayer. I feel like I actually really achieved something and... Uh, but I'll echo um, Ted as well. I really did enjoy doing the podcast. 
that was the only good thing about this season was doing this podcast and being able to talk through it a little bit. And uh, but I am glad we kind of took a break. Um, uh, I don't know. I I don't I don't feel moved to say a whole lot more than that. About I I hope that we get a good. I hope we end up picking a winner in the draft. It would be cool to draft a stud QB and see what happens. Let's do let's do that. Um, so, uh, wrap it up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine in song, and I'm gonna do a song in which I can't hit most of the notes. Okay, you ready? Perfect. And I will always hate the fucking lions, and simultaneously be unable to stop watching them. That's how I feel. That was pretty good. You hit those notes. Um. I very much enjoyed the pod. It was a balm. Uh, I, I do feel the despondency of, of being fairly certain that there's no cosmic reason to believe this team will ever be good. I'd like to believe it's as simple as the Fords giving up the team and bringing in a new ownership and everything trickling down from there, but something in my gut tells me that the situation's much more... S- much more rotten than that and that this team will forever be awful and that I will go to my grave without them winning more than I don't know if they'll ever win another playoff game and that makes me really sad yep I hear you I got I I, I can't I can't silver line it nope there's no silver and Honolulu blue lining to the season no all right, Dino, wrap it up. Let's hear. I'm going to wrap this up by dedicating this entire 2019 season to a young man who was sitting in jail right now, unfortunately, on a $5,000 bond. His name is Dakota James Jablinski of Hillsdale, Michigan. Why is he in jail? He is a 22-year-old man living in Jonesville, Mich- or I'm sorry, Hillsdale, Michigan, who managed a ta- manages, or I should say, managed a Taco Bell. Apparently, on Christmas Eve, um, they were having uh, an off-site work party for employees. At some point, his boss, the regional manager, I suppose told him at the party that he had to go back to the restaurant to his taco bell in order to close up the restaurant and clean up and according to the police report when jablinski got back to his taco bell he just quote lost it and he wrecked the place he um threw a chair through a window he threw the food and uh, and the uh, machinery all over the place. He just fucking wrecked his the Taco Bell that he managed and ended up in jail. Um, and he's set to be, um, let's see, a probable cause conference on January 8th. Jablinski, I'm just guessing that you are a hardcore Lions fan as well. <laughs> because everything about how you spent your Christmas just feels like maybe not just this Lions season, but the Lions for the last six to seven decades. So our hearts, our thoughts and prayers go out to you, Dakota 
Jablinski for you may not manage the Taco Bell in anymore. Hillsdale, Michigan anymore, but you are a true Lions legend <laughs> at this point. So that is a wherever fucking, you are, my man. That is an amazing name. Yeah, right. Dakota Jablinski. <laughs> They're right. like his family, is- his family, whose parents who clearly have the last name Jablinski, were like, How do we dress this up? <laughs> yeah. Where do how do we how do we rebrand the Jablinski brand? We named Dakota. What do you think yeah. his siblings' names are? <laughs> like Redwood Sequoia Jablinski? River Jim Rivers Jablinski. <laughs> Riverdale Jablinski. Montana Jablinski. Montana Jablinski. <laughs> Sundial Jablinski. Well, what's awesome with Jablinski, his his what his name his first name should be something like uh I don't know. Like Kevin Jablinski. For sure. Know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Brandon Jablinski. <laughs> well, if he went by his middle name James, then he could be Jim Jablinski. Which yeah. would be pretty perfect. But kudos for him. We're going going by Dakota, but yeah. he did cause he went into a rage and did cause severe damage to the Hillsdale Taco Bell. So I just want to you know dedicate this to him, but also free Jablinski, express, right? Yeah. Free Jablinski, but also to express my you know thoughts and prayers to the citizens of Hillsdale, and I hope you guys get your Taco Bell up and running soon. Where I mean, is this Hillsdale? is you know where is that. Hillsdale's like uh, southern Michigan. It's like south of Detroit. How about next the, time we're all in the, the D, we make a, how about next time a pilgrimage? We, we make a road trip. Let's make a road trip. Yeah. Well, we should it's visit Hillsdale him in jail. If he's, if he's yeah. still in jail, we should visit yeah. him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because. Dude, wait, let me let me give let year. me give a little advice then. All right. Jablinski, man, in jail. Pick out the biggest, baddest dude there and just go and attack him. Treat him you like you treat him you like a Taco a, Bell. <laughs> you have to establish, you know, that you're a badass so that you don't get that that you don't get uh, roughed up by the Aryan Brotherhood or whatever. Wow, you know. Yep. All right, dudes. In in, All right. in in this is almost if we include the 25 minutes it took me to get on the goddamn pod. This is almost two hours. But we had, this was a good pod. Wow. We had Todd going, starting in the sunroom, going into his bedroom, lying down. Now he's back in the sunroom. I'm back in the sunroom. <laughs> Wow. Danny Danny didn't move from his bed other than to to uh, urinate and di- and Dan looks like he's in a rate and Jared looks like he's in a radio studio. I've got to freaking pee again, guys. So that's where I'm at. We'll keep to keep the tape running. We'll keep it running. And be <laughs> right, sure guys. to be sure to take your computer with you so we can see. Uh, I I gotta get off, but uh, all right. it's been a pleasure. I want to thank yeah. you. All right, all right. Until next season. How about a, How about a last roar? Ready? Go pee, Dan. We're out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.